Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. So this morning, we've talked about um, family, obviously, is our theme for the year. Let me just make sure my face isn't like a panda as I'm looking at you. Okay, good. Good. Um, <laughs> so we're speaking about being a family. And I just think that God's doing something so beautiful. Um, he has been for the last couple of weeks. And I think that I said it last week, it's amazing what he does when we come before him hungry. It's amazing what, you know, he wants to do when you actually allow room. And I think that, I've, I've said it before, um, if you're new with us, just <laughs> relax. <laughs> sorry if you've, if you've walked in going, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm not sorry, actually. Sorry. I, sorry. Fanaya <laughs> tells me all the time, stop apologizing. Like, it's like anyway. I am just on this journey with God, and I think that Benai and I both are, Benai is my husband, um, is just, and if you've been in our church for any amount of time, you've heard us say this, we just don't want normal, we don't want religious, we don't want come to church, tick a box and leave. We are so hungry and so desperate, and we have been for years now, but I feel like it's just like starting to rage a bit more of just seeing God do. And he is something incredible um, in our services and not just inside of this room, but as we go out into our days and our weeks, as we minister to families and our workplaces, I just think that there is just such this urgency for Christians to be Jesus, to be his hands and his feet and to love unconditionally um, our beautiful world, not to cast judgment, not to be, you know, go on your righteous cause of, but just to love and just to see what God does. Um, so that's why we started this theme of family because I think that it's so, um, I think it's so needed in our society and in our world at the moment. And last week I spoke about um, knowing who you are in the family um, and knowing your role, knowing that you've got something to give, knowing that you've got, you know, all of, you know, what Jesus has accomplished. It says that we are seated with him in heavenly places, that that's who you are called to be as a son and a daughter. Um, and this morning I just had this, I guess, this ur urgency or burning on my heart just to share this message and this thought of that we are a family that welcomes people home. And, oh, just that image, I guess we just teary. Um, and I'm going to read, I'm going to read because it's just the most beautiful um, image of the Father. And I said it before that I just, I struggle when people say, oh, Christians are all judgy, judgy, and, you know, we can't walk into the church because the roof will cave in or whatever. And I just think, oh, the Father's heart must break when he hears that because that is so not who he is. And I think that as if we as a church, if we this year can have this image of our beautiful Father 
I'm going to read it in Luke 15. You can follow on along if you want. You can close your eyes and just listen if you want. Um, but it says, Luke 15, verse 11. Then Jesus said, Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed between the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up his belongings and travelled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all that he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in that land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished that he was willing even to eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realised what he was doing and thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why, I'm here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop. I want to go back home to my father's house. And I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young son set off home from a long distance away. Oh. From a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son, who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can to find for you can find for my son let's prepare a great feast and celebrate for my beloved son was once dead but he's now alive he was once lost but he is now found and everyone celebrated with overflowing joy oh my goodness I believe that we are called to be a family that celebrates when people come home. We are called to be a house of salvation, Celebration Church. And I'm talking about first time salvation and I'm talking about sons and daughters returning home. And I honestly believe like it's a prophetic it's actually a prophetic declaration. So please hear this with me this morning, that this year is the year for sons and daughters to come home. Please hear that. Sons and daughters to come home. And that image of the father, that's why it breaks my heart when people say, oh, Christians are so judgy, judgy. And this is what the father does. 
from a long way off, he saw his son coming. He was watching. He was waiting. He was looking with expectation that his son would return. And then he doesn't just go, oh, well, look, came crawling back. He doesn't go, oh, where's my money? He doesn't go, oh, yeah, he runs. And he runs. And that verse, it's in the Passion Translation, but it's just so articulately beautiful when it says that he sweeps him up in his arms and he tenderly kisses him over and over again, even to the point where the son starts to go, oh, Father, I'm, and he stops him and he goes, no, you're home. You are home. And I know in this room, even me, myself, there are so many people that you know in your world that are not home maybe for the first time, maybe in your workplaces, maybe, maybe your children, maybe your family members, that they've never even come home. They've never even been home. And when I'm talking about home, I'm talking about here with us in the family, in church, coming and running into the Father's arms. But then even more, not more, but something that can be a different degree of pain is when sons and daughters have left. They were once here. And they've left. And I think that there is a prophetic declaration to call the sons and the daughters home with this image of they will be welcomed by you. Yes, the father in that story is talking about Father God. But here on the earth, in the flesh, it's you it's you running out to meet them. It's you running and embracing people spiritually. It's you saying, you're home. Let me put a ring and a robe on you. Let me prepare a great feast for you. Because as Celebration Church, we are called to be a house of salvation. We are called to welcome home with love, acceptance, with that joy of, it's not about us judging you. You know, it's no right. It's, it's no one's right other than the Holy Spirit. He has the, he's the one that says brings correction. That is not our job. You know, as Christians, it's not your job to tell somebody what's right and wrong. It's not your job to say, oh, well, you stuffed up. That. Like, it is our job to love and love in a way that overwhelms people to come to that place of repentance, to come to that point of change. I want to read this as well in Luke 14, verse 16. It says, let me get it. Luke 14, 16. <sighs> Jesus replied with this parable. A man invited many to join him in a great feast. When the day for that feast arrived, the host instructed his servant to notify all the invited guests and tell them, come, for everything is now ready for you. But one by one, they all made excuses. One said, I can't come. I just bought some property and I have to go and look after it. Another said, oh, please accept my regrets for I just purchased five teams of oxen and I need to make them, make sure that they can pull the plow. Another one said, I can't come because I just got married. The servant reported back to the host and told him all of their excuses. The master became angry and said to his servant, go at once throughout the city and invite anyone, anyone you find the poor, the blind, the disabled, the hurting and the lonely, invite them to my banquet. 
Then the servant returned to his master and said, I've done that what you asked and there's still room for more. So the master said, all right, go out again. But this time, bring them back with you. Persuade the beggars on the street, the outcasts, even the homeless. Insist that they come in and enjoy the feast so that my house will be full. I say to you all, no one who receives an invitation to the feast with me who makes excuses will ever enjoy my banquet. This is our call. This is who we're called to be. And it just breaks my heart. Oh, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find the statistics to do with salvations in Australian churches at the moment. And I remember a couple of years ago, I went to the ACC State Conference, which is where part of the ACC And I remember the statistic was so low, like in all of the churches in like the New South Wales, the ACC, the actual rate of salvation that we're seeing is not good. And I think that we go, oh yeah, like it's, you know, it's maybe just this area, maybe now is just a tough city. That's not true. It's happening everywhere that people actually aren't seeing salvations. And it breaks my heart because the banquet, what I just read in Luke 14, that's Jesus' heart. The whole purpose, why Jesus even came to this earth was to seek and save the lost. If we are not seeing salvations and when we go, oh, well, how do we, how do we see salvations? It's that. It's go out. When the, when the, the guy said, the guy said, when Jesus shares that story and says, go out into every single area. One of the versions says, in the highways and the byways. Go to the homeless, go to the broken, go to the orphans, go to the widows, go and invite anyone you can. That is our job. That is how we do this. It is how we see people come home. It's through you. It's through you being Jesus' hands and feet and going, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me pray with you. How are you going? And I just think that we are called to be, and I think, I know, we are called to be a house that is seeing salvations every single week. We are called to be a church that has the broken, the hurting, the lost, the widows, anyone and everyone walk through our doors and find home, find that acceptance, find that open arm embrace going, you're home, you made it home. After everything that you've been through, it doesn't matter, you're home. And I know that there's so many people on our heart, there's so many people that we know of that this applies to. But what are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? And I remember Benaiah telling me this story of, of his dad. And when I talk about anybody, just FYI church, I mean anybody. I mean anybody. Anybody that you think could be anybody, I want them to come home. I don't care if they're dressed right. I don't care if they say the right words. I don't care. You know, we're talking anyone and everyone. And I want to ask you, church, where does your prejudice start? If someone walks in through our church, will they feel judged? Will they feel accepted? Will they feel that people are looking at them because maybe they're not dressed appropriately? Imagine if we had people coming in our church that, you know, I don't know, were known in the city for being the drug lords of our town. How would you respond? How would you love them? Imagine if we had people coming in that you knew was a prostitute in our town. Would you let them sit next to you? Would you love them? If someone came into our church and they were swearing and they didn't know the right lingo and they, you know, were, how would you respond? Because, my gosh, 
Our churches need to be filled more with the orphans and the widows and the religious. And Jesus only ever got angry and called them a brood of vipers with the religious people. The religious that sat in the temples, that knew the scriptures, but they had no fruit to back up their life. Oh my gosh, if we were with Jesus back in the day, would we sit with him in the mud, with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners? Or would we go, oh, well, the scripture says, Jesus, you know, keep the Sabbath holy. Like, where would you fit? And I'm not saying this to be judgmental or to make you feel bad because I'm in this boat too. But when was the last time you saw someone saved? When was the last time that you sat down with somebody and prayed the sinner's prayer with them? And this is the beautiful thing about youth ministry is it happens every week. When I was in youth ministry, when I was a leader in youth, we saw salvations every week and it was the best, most refreshing thing because it's who you're called to be as a Christian. You know, you come alive when you start to do what you're supposed to do as a Christian. You come alive when you start to be Jesus' hands and feet, when you step down and you sit with that person in your workplace and you say, what's going on? And it's not just, oh, that's really tough. Can I actually pray with you? Oh, can I, can I just share with you what God did in my life when I went through something similar? Oh, okay. it's not hard. I'm not asking you, church, and I'm not saying that we're going to be, you know, I don't know, these crazy, I don't know, Christians going out. You can be if you want. I don't know. Do what you want. But it's simple. It's love. And love compels people to come in. And when they come in, we don't judge them. When they come in, we don't say, oh, even if people haven't been in our church for years. And I always say this, if anybody leaves our church, if anybody decides to move on and go somewhere else, they are always welcome back. They are always welcome back with open arms. Because like I said, we want the sons and the daughters. We want the ones that have once been here that are now not anymore. The only people that Jesus ever had issue was with was with the religious. If you're religious and you come back, we might call you a brood of vipers. But if you come back <laughs> with open hearts, with repentance like what that son did, my gosh, we will scoop you up. We will be a family. And it's, it's, it's funny because, well, it's not funny, but this image of the father is so much like the image of my mom. <laughs> My mom, you know, is just the most beautiful person. But whenever we travel, whenever I go overseas, even if, I mean, it hasn't happened for a while, let's be real, but when we used to travel all the time, my mom is that lady in the arrivals lounge with the sign, with the balloons, with the waving emotional greeting as we come down the as we come down the rampway and you know with my mum it doesn't matter if you know Benar and I had the amazing privilege of traveling for six months it doesn't matter if it's a six-month holiday around the world or it's a two-month trip to Bali my mum reacts the same every time we come home with that oh there's tears there's a big embrace there's a big emotion and it reminds me of what the father is like that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've gone. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter whether you're here for the first time or whether you're returning back. That us, a Celebration Church family, will welcome people with open arms and say, oh, you're home. You are home. Let us celebrate. Let us give you a ring and a robe and prepare a banquet 
because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what's happened. This is who we're called to be as a church. And my gosh, we are called to see salvation after salvation after salvation. And I'm talking like, I sent a message out to some of our Connect and um, key team that helps support Benar and I on a Sunday. And I said, I'm not talking about in 10 years. Like this word of seeing people come in and return home. I'm talking about this year. Like it's not like a one day thing, maybe. Like actually let's start to see our faith rise again and go, yes and amen, God. This year, I want to see this person come home. I want to see this person walk through the doors. I want to see this person. And what we're going to do is we're going to put it into practice because I just want to be blabbing at you. We're going to get the team to hand out some bits of paper and a pen. And I actually want you to write down names of people that maybe have never come back home, never come to church, maybe people that you've, you know, believing for them to come to salvation. Or maybe it's people that have been here, sons and daughters that have walked away. And this year, I want you to commit them to the heart of the Father and say, I'm writing down their name and we're believing by faith that they're going to come home. That we're going to welcome them with open arms. We're going to have a banquet ready for them. And we're going to see his house be full. And I love that that's what it says in that story of the banquet. So that my house may be full. The Father's heart is that his house is full. I don't think this house is full right now. I think we can squeeze a couple more bodies in. So team, why don't you come and hand out those. If you want to write it on your phone, you can do that. No one's going to see this, by the way. I'm not going to get you to hand it in to me and I'm going to go through the list of names. This is for you. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your mirror. Put it somewhere where you can pray for these people daily. And let's actually see some supernatural, crazy faith salvations. I want to hear about like I was walking down the road and someone I haven't seen 10 years, just walked up to me and said, can you invite me to your church? I want to hear those crazy testimonies of I was woken up in the middle of the night and I was told to pray for this person and then next Sunday they were at church. Like, let's actually believe God again. Get faith again. Get excited again to see breakthrough and salvation. This was Jesus' whole goal, to save His whole goal wasn't so that the religious could sit in a building and feel good about themselves. His whole mission, Jesus' whole life purpose was salvation. I think it should be ours too. So just while you're writing, I'm just going to pray for us. And I want God to give you names. So Father God, we just align our heart with yours. We align our heart with yours. Jesus, that we would be a family that welcomes people home. And I pray right now as our incredible church family, even those at home, those that are listening, just spend a couple of minutes writing down names to come home this year. Even if it's people they haven't thought of for ages, even if it's people that they don't know their names, I pray that you will give them your Holy Spirit inspiration right now. Give them your hit list in Jesus' name.
Just spend a couple of minutes. You might have 50 names. You might have five. If you're at home watching or listening, you guys can spend some time doing this too. But this is a faith. It's a prophetic faith declaration. If you don't know their names, you can say, check out Chicket Woolies. I don't know. Mailman. Thank you, Jesus. got a lot of our, um, just as you're writing, you can keep writing, but a lot of our church family is away at the moment, sick or isolating. So we're going to pray for those people in Jesus' name just after you finish writing. Benaiah is here as well this morning. He's got Bear down at Kids Church. that we would be a church family that welcomes people home. And maybe you're actually sitting in the room and you feel like you've just walked home. Welcome. We love you. We embrace you. We're thankful, so thankful that you're here. We are called to be a house of salvation, church, and I just honestly feel it brewing and stirring inside of my spirit that this year, let's see testimony, let's see God do what he came to do, what Jesus' whole mission was. But it's through you. It's through you going out to the highways, to the byways, to loving the orphans and the widows and inviting anyone and everyone 
to the party. In Jesus' name. Take that list, like I said, put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror, put it in your car, I don't know, anywhere that you see it and pray for those names. Let's actually, you know, we're going to pray now, but, you know, you, reach out to that person, give them a phone call, write them a letter, make them a meal. You don't know what God is already starting to do in their hearts. You don't know the journey that they're on. You don't know where they're up to. And it might just be you reaching out, asking how they're going, any of that that just breaks down walls and just sets them free in Jesus' name. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we'll stand in a moment and we're going to pray for these people in Jesus' name. Yeah. But first of all, if you just close your eyes, I'm just going to give people a bit of privacy to respond because like I said, maybe you do feel like you're coming home this morning. Maybe it was it was a, a 50-50 decision if you were even going to come to church this morning and maybe you haven't been for a while or maybe you've never been. Maybe this is your first time ever walking into a church and I want to give you the chance and the opportunity to say Yes, I want to come home. Yes, I want to, you know, come back to the Father. I want to come to the Father and say that I'm giving my life to Him. Because that's what we believe as Christians. We believe that that is salvation. You saying that you believe in Jesus and you surrendering your life to Him. So if that's you, whether it's for the first time or the 50th time, it doesn't matter. I just want you to just... Put up your hand just where you're at. No one's looking around. I'm not looking. Just raise your hand and just say, yes, that is me. Thank you, Jesus. Once you've popped it up, you can put it down again. That's fine. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you so much for hearts returning to you. I thank you so much for people running back into your arms this morning. And Father, I pray for the people that did put their hands up this morning, that they were saying yes to you, that they are saying yes to your embrace, that saying yes to believing in you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that this is the beginning of their new creation life, that this is the beginning of everything that you have for them, God. And I pray that this is just the beginning of the start of what we're going to see again as Celebration Church of people returning home. So we thank you for that. If you want to stand with me, church, let's just lift up these people as well that you've written down. We're just going to pray. And you can pray as well, church. We don't have to be silent. You can speak in tongues. You can, if you want to hold that list in your hand, let's just commit it to God. So Father God, I thank you for every single name that is written down on those lists, both here physically and people at home, people that are listening. Holy Spirit, you know every single one of those people by name. And we just declare that this will be the year of them coming home. This will be the year of them saying yes and running back into your arms, maybe as sons and daughters who have left or for the first time. And Father, I pray, let's pray, church. Actually, like, let's see, you can get a little bit vocal. That's okay. Hey, we're talking about our salvation of our city right now. Like, let's kind of commit it to God. Father, I thank you so much that you know these people, God. And we just declare 
prophetically, just supernatural God encounters with them. God, I pray for random phone calls. I pray for random encounters in shopping malls. I pray for random encounters in car parks, God. I pray for workplace conversations to start erupting, God. I pray for those conversations of salvation and, and you and kingdom to flow so naturally. God, I pray against any fear inside of our church family when it comes to sharing their faith. I pray for a boldness and a courage for them to step out. And I pray for the wisdom to see the God opportunities. And Father, I pray that our house will be a house that welcomes the orphans and the widows, the worst of the worst and the best of the best, God, that anyone and everyone can find home here in our building. Father, I pray for us to be so engaged with your love, God, that it just flows out of everything that we do, every single fiber of our being. And Father, I pray for our church family that are not with us this morning, God, for those that might be sick, for those that are away. Father, we pray for healing on bodies. We pray for supernatural strength and a quickening. And Father, we just lift up to you just our church family this morning. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you're not done yet, God. And I pray that we would just start to stir our faith again and let our faith rise for salvation. Jesus, that this was your mission, that this was your goal. May we not lose sight of that, Jesus, but we pray in advance and we thank you in advance for all of the people that are yet to come in through our doors and find home here. Father, may we be the ones, the medics on duty to mend wounds, to to heal people, God, to be your hands and feet, Jesus. We love you. We love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Awesome. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.